Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates, information, and picks. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week seven of the 2022 season. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's in right there. You can see it on the screen, kind of like there-ish, yeah, uh, slash new a little primer and explanation, you can pause if need be and check that out, should help give you a good framing, otherwise the goals for this episode are, as always, to share key information about these games, give you some things to think on and explain why certain plays are being made, we never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. I'll make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I provide are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grade picks, to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, because Jared will also indicate his favorite play by placing a second unit on those throughout the season. However, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to see, it will be profitable each and every week. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Because, uh, Jared, weird line movements, I feel yes. like, so far this week. Yes. Uh, yeah, like, a couple of big last, ones that are weird. Yeah, last week in, in everything moved in, in in the direction kind of that we expected. This week, mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, a lot of things yeah. that kind of are leaving us scratching our heads a little bit. Yeah, so we're gonna loop back to those at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned uh, for that. Otherwise, we got a whole bunch more games to talk about. Several that we love, several that we like, and a few that we think are good numbers. Let's go ahead and lock in right now as well. Before we get to that, some reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any college basketball and mobile college football content that this channel provides. Only, we're like halfway through the college football season. College basketball is like a month away. Jake's like itching right now, like, you know, getting the, yeah. <laughs> for the itch for college yeah. basketball. I feel like, oh, yeah. Where, where's the time go, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it flies by, but man, uh, seeing Jake's passion come through about college basketball, yeah. you know, five or six days a week it yeah. is really uh, something to behold. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Uh, we also got that Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show and get extra benefits. Membership starts at just $3 per month, gets you the play of the day, and for $10 a month, you can get ad-free shows uh, along with access to that Discord chat. We're always trying to throw our thoughts there quickly. It's like a text situation, so you can always get questions answered from us sooner uh, like so because it kind of works like texting that's the easy way to just ask us a question about something would you play this you know 10 minutes for a game if one of us is by our phone we can answer that so uh, a lot of good uh, benefit there for being in that discord otherwise let's get to the games all lines courtesy of bet online sign up link in the show description and current as of the time of this recording on tuesday night this is your midweek stop we've got all the midweek games that we're going to cover here uh, starting off with that wednesday game some wednesday night football here <sighs> Louisiana at Marshall. Uh, we talked about Louisiana and that yeah. they're terrible now. Um, <laughs> the sideline has them ranked all the way down to 87th. Can they get to 100th? I mean, it's on the table. It is on the table yeah. for them to get to 100th, but uh, it feels like we're about at the bottom for them. But honestly, I don't know if we are or not. Uh, Marshall's ranked 65th. Sideline says this should be Marshall minus 10. 
I've actually got two plays for you on this one. I'm going to take the 10 and a half Louisiana as a B grade pick, and I'm going to take the under 46 and a half. This game is in less than 24 hours, so I cannot afford to wait <laughs> and talk about it. Uh, yeah. If you want to hang around and wait, maybe you can get it to like a 48 would be a key number and play under that. Obviously, I like that a little bit better. It's at a dead number right now. I don't really trust Louisiana to score. I don't really trust Marshall to score that much either. And that's kind of why these plays are correlated a little bit. Uh, I, I kind of think this is going to be an ugly, boring, uh, let's watch baseball Wednesday night kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'm going to grab all 10 and a half points. I'm going to take the under because I, I really feel like this, if, if this game was 20 to 10, I'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. And so I don't yeah. really think Louisiana can win this, but I think they've reached the bottom. And I think getting double digits here is a little bit of a value play. And like I said, as is going under, because I just don't see a lot of points in this one. Uh, Cousin Jared, what is your take for us? Couldn't be much different than last week's Wednesday game when, when UCF and yeah. SMU played. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one is Fireworks. Complete, yeah, complete yeah. opposite of that game. So I'm also going to be on Louisiana here, taking the 10 and a half points. And for me, this is just – I think Marshall's going to win the game, but it's just kind of how they've played since that victory over Notre Dame. They just have not been that impressive, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they, they scored 31 points against Bowling Green, but that was the, the week right after um, Notre Dame in a loss. That, that game was just kind of really weird going back and, and looking at how that one played out after you kind of see how Marshall has played since then and how you've seen Bowling Green's played since then. Um, only scored seven points and went over Troy. Only scored 28 points and went over – went over Gardner Webb. Um, I just don't think that Marshall's going to be able to pull away. So I think Marshall wins this game, but 10 and a half points, like you kind of alluded to the correlation here between the total and the spread. I think 10 and a half points is just too many points in a game with the total this low. Um, what I would say about the total is hey, I want to correct. They, they only scored seven and they lost to Troy. Yeah. Uh, they only scored seven and lost to Troy. Yeah. Excuse, excuse and they held Troy to 16 and Troy's a pretty solid team. I mean, you're 23 they points are. in that game. I mean, if there were yeah. 23 points in this game, be like, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So, and what I would say about the total is 46 is kind of a, a dead number. So, you know, wait, see if it gets to 47, I would play under 47. If it gets to 45, if you still, you know, again, really no difference between 45 and 46 and a half. And so if you like under 46 and a half, wait, it goes to 47. Great. If not still play it up to 45, down to 45. And that's, that's fine too. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Thursday at 7 Eastern, Baylor at West Virginia. I'm going to play Baylor on the money line here at minus 166. Mm. They're a three and a half point favorite. If you had the early projections for sideline, you were able to lock in a three uh, on Sunday. It was available for several hours on Sunday afternoon in a lot of different shops. Sideline says this should be Baylor minus 4.5. I just don't like the three and a half here. I think three is fairly likely. I also think four is fairly likely. So, I mean, if I had to play on a point spread basis, I still would lay the three and a half. I just think it's a little bit safer of a play to take the money line. The odds aren't terrible. They're not great. Uh, that's why it's only a B grade play. But I think Baylor's the better team here. I think they can go on the road and win. I think this lines up similar to the Iowa State game where they can just go out there and kind of just do their thing. Neither one of these teams does something that can really throw the other off, in my opinion. There's not like, a fantastic passing attack, a fantastic pass rush, or if it, there's neither one of these teams, I think, have anything that really just stands out. I was like, this is going to dominate the game. And so then I just look at Baylor's the better team by a decent amount. They go on the road and win, just like they did against Iowa State. Um, I think Baylor's right side here, like I said, I'm just a little bit worried about that three and a half. So I'm going to personally play the money line. Sideline says four and a half. I'm also going to take the under 55 in this one. Hmm. I, I, I look at what West Virginia. Uh, 
the, the types of games they played. West Virginia played Texas, uh, and I think that, that game had 53 50, points in it. 58. 58 points. Okay. And, yeah. and, and Baylor's defense is worlds better than Texas, and their yeah. offense is nowhere near as good as Texas. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, two very different style of teams there. So, I, I just think 55 is too many. I'm going to go under 55 as well. I think this is a. Uh, you know, 24 to 20, 24 to 21, that type of game, you know, 27, 24, uh, 28, 24, you know, one of those types of games. So I think we can say another 55. I like the under and like I said, I'm taking Baylor on the money line. There's a be great pick. Cause Jared, what is your take on this one? Well, you know, I like always like a good under 55. I mean, that, that always kind of has my attention. Uh, I'll have to ponder that one. I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, okay. may, may have to think about that one just because just looking at West Virginia's schedule, they've, they've scored a lot of points this season, but Baylor by far the best defense they're going to have faced um, this season. Yep. So, so I think that, that could definitely uh, give West Virginia some, some trouble. I, I personally, I don't have a play on this game as of yet. I like your play of, of the money line though, because I think, West Virginia, I don't think is good enough to win this game, but I think that they are good enough to hang in this game. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, obviously playing in Morgantown always can potentially be a a trap spot. If you told me that, you know, Baylor needed a late field goal to pull pull this one out and buy one or two points, like I would not be surprised at at all. Uh, And so I really like the the money line play there. Um, Let's let's circle back uh, on on that 55 total. That that has intrigued me. All right. Yeah, I completely agree. If, if you said it was late, West Virginia hung in, then it's just a question of like, were they going to lose by a weird number or three or four or seven? It's like, it's one of like, yeah. you just don't really know. It's all like, I just ignore all that. Yeah. Just take the money line. Uh, yeah. Last thing I'll say about this game is, as a, as a Baylor fan, someone who uh, pays a little more attention to them and, and the Big 12 in general, uh, after that Oklahoma State game with the issues that they had and, and a really good Oklahoma State team, again, maybe, maybe, maybe the best team in the conference. Um, it, Aranda is a defensive-minded coach. I think this is a spot where the extra time to prep, this is a, we're going to get back to basics. We're going to get back to doing what we want to do. The receivers dropping all those passes. I think they want to utilize Shapen, but I think this feels like a game where after all that time off, this is a, let's get back to what we do, which is run the ball. And I think they can run the ball successfully against West Virginia, wear them down like the BYU game. But I think West Virginia is a little bit worse of a version than BYU. Their defense is quite as good. I think they can run kind of all over them. That's going to run the clock. And again, that's why I like That's why I I think Baylor can win. And I think the under makes a lot of sense. That's my take on that one. The other Thursday game, I've got an A grade play here on UCF minus 23 and a half. The summer's come down and I love it. I think Temple is terrible. Mm -hmm. I think UCF is going to win by a lot. I think they can basically score whenever they want. And I don't trust Temple to score at all. There's a reason this total is 46. Yeah. And if you told me Temple scored 10 points, I'd be like, mm, okay, seems a little high. <laughs> I just don't mm-hmm. think they can yeah. do it. Uh, I love laying the 23 and a half. I love that we're on the right side of 24 on this one. Sideline says it should be 27. So our most likely outcomes are 24, 27, 28. And then maybe even 31 is our next most likely outcome. We win with all of those. I just have zero faith in Temple. UCF climbing up to 31st in the rankings. I backed them last week against SMU, and they're a pretty solid team, maybe yeah. at this point. Yeah. It, we, yeah. we were kind of up and down, but I think they're kind of rounding into form here. And yeah. uh, this feels like a situation where they can take care of business against a, a Temple team ranked 116th. I mean, this is just quite a discrepancy between these two teams. Uh, UCF not a look-ahead spot as they play East Carolina next week. Later on in the week, so they have more than seven days, and ECU is probably not a team that you're really that concerned about. So mm-hmm. 
I don't think this is a situation where they're going to pull their starters, um, you know, in the third quarter. I think they just kicked the crap out of Temple. I think it's over yeah. by halftime. Cousin Jared, what is your take? If, if Temple is ranked 116th, that means their offense is probably ranked like 128th. Um, yeah. Because th- their <laughs> yeah. offense is really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, so the total of 46 here, we talked about 46 being a dead number. So again, I wouldn't play this right now, but I would definitely be looking at the under on, mm, on this one yeah. uh, because I, I don't know if Temple scores in, yeah. in this game. And their defense is uh, relatively uh, solid. And so all most of their issues are on the offensive side of the ball. And so, you know, if you told me that, that UCF won this game 38 to nothing, I, I would not be surprised at, at all. So even at 46, I, I would probably recommend the under if I had to go go one way or the other. I would also recommend laying the points because, again, I don't think Temple's going to score. Team total of 10.5. Can I get you to go team total under 10.5? If it, so Yes. Yes. If I hadn't lost every team total that I had played this season, then, <laughs> then I would be like, yes, I, I, I will. Dude, we got, say, look, we got it. Look, look, it's week seven. We got a lot of season ahead of us. You got to get back on the back on the saddle, back on the horse, yeah. whatever, you know, we yeah. got to get and we got to get we got to get a winner here. You know, it's a Thursday night game. You know, why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It bets. Bet stamps currently shows ten and a half on under of minus one eighteen on the ten and a half. So I, I would still say under ten and a half. Uh, yeah. You know. That's what uh, I said. If, if, they, if you told me they scored 10, I'd be like, that seems a little high. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about that one too. The, the 55 on the, on the, the Baylor West Virginia game and, and the Temple team total, you mean just only, only a couple of games in here and you're already giving me a lot to uh, think about. Yeah. All right. Come back in 24 hours for the next episode and, and maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll make a more place for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, Friday, Friday night. Look, uh, look, I'm just gonna be honest. You got the timestamps in here. If you want to just click forward to the Saturday games, I won't be offended. Uh, Friday night is a watch baseball night. It's a go out with your friends night. It's a see your parents. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, just binge, you know, on Netflix, whatever show you're trying to catch up on. I think these <laughs> games are going to be terrible. Uh, maybe yeah. an SMU. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this one, though, because what in the what in the why in the what is happening with these two teams? I, I mean, couldn't tell you. I, I am so confused at both of these teams. I, every time I think I've kind of figured something out about them, it's just something zigs and zags. It's like maybe it was terrible. And then like maybe it actually looked decent last week, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is that just a one week thing? You know, SMU, uh, the whole game last week that was wonky with the travel situation, but they yeah. haven't been as impressive this year as we thought they'd be in, you know, in, in general. I'm going to lay the 13 with SMU. It's a C grade pick. Uh, I'm going to take the totality of data with Navy being bad for most of the year, as that means more than anything else. Sidelines says it should be 14.3. So I'm going to say the most likely outcome here is 14. Uh, we got the push on 13. That's a, quasi-ish key number but we've talked about this a lot with these service academies the way they play if navy gets things rolling winning by double digits is going to be really difficult here so yeah. uh i don't love laying a number like this but i just i'm gonna trust that SMU is still a better team than navy uh, but i mean i don't have a lot of confidence saying that i, I i'm interested in this game because these two teams confuse me. But the problem is both these teams confuse me so much that I'm not sure I'm going to learn anything about it <laughs> because yeah. I'm not sure what it will tell us, what will tell us more about either team. Um, the total is 57. Do, do you have any insight for us on this one? <sighs> so if you look at Navy's other games outside of last week before whatever happened with that yeah. game, I, I know that, that Navy got a lot of short fields, but 
even with those short fields, it was taking Navy like three plays to score. I mean, it was a hot knife through butter situation the entire first half of that game. And so, you know, yeah, some of that's on the Tulsa turnovers, but clearly Navy was doing something right because it, it looked like Tulsa hadn't even practiced uh, yeah. to defend to defend their team. Um, in the two other games that they've played this season, Navy has played this season against regular teams. And so I'm not counting Delaware. I'm not counting Air Force just for, for obvious reasons. The totals in those games have been 50 uh, against Memphis is 37-13 and then 23-20 against ECU in double overtime. Ah, man, I would just think that... 57 kind of seems high uh, is kind of where I would go with this because let's just say, obviously I don't feel like Navy's as good as they showed last week, but I think they're improving. If they're improving, they can possess the ball, limit the number of possessions and everything. And so I think it may be difficult for SMU to score a lot of points just merely because Navy may possess the ball for, for long periods of time. So uh, if this got to 58, I feel like sure. Um, you know, 57 is a fairly key ish number, um, but I think my thought process would lead me here. I would rather wait for 58 and see if you get 58. Even with, with Navy, there, there may not be very many field goals. So maybe even 56. You, you talk yourself sure. into, you know, you, you can still play it down to under 56. Um, so looking at the under here, I think I want to wait, see if it gets 58. If it doesn't, you know, maybe you play at 57 or 56 and a half, uh, 56 even. Um, I, I just think that Navy is showing some improvement. I think they possess the ball some. I think that keeps the scores down. I'm not sure that they can punch in uh, and get a bunch of touchdowns, though. And so I think that yeah. would, you know, kind of lean towards keeping this game under. Yeah, at SMU with that opening week, opening week blowout against North Texas, which now looks like nothing. Yeah. Uh, beat Lamar, FCS school, and then back to back to back losses. And the first two were respectable uh, with regards to the score. And then the last was the UCF one. And, and, you can, it's one of those things where all three of those losses, you could excuse them, right? At home mm. is not good against TCU, but TCU is looking really good. Maryland's mm. improved. That was on the road, but they, but they really shot themselves in the foot. They really should have better. And then last week, not even hanging in with UCF. It's, you can kind of start making the excuses, but to some extent, it seems like a lot of excuses piling up. To me, yeah. this is a game that SMU needs to go out and dominate and force those three and outs so that they can keep their offense on the field. That's going to make Navy's defense tired mm -hmm. and they'll be able to score relatively quickly, blow it out. Yeah. And then nothing, no scoring yeah. in the fourth quarter. Cause nobody cares. That's the type of game SMU needs. Yeah. But I just, you yeah. know, like I said, the last three weeks, I just don't know if they can do that because they've just been so disappointing. And if Navy is improved, then obviously Navy is going to make it very difficult to do that. So um, yeah. it should be an interesting game with regards to that. But uh, from a gambling perspective, I think it's really tough <clears throat> to figure yeah. out how to play it. Um, the other one, kind of the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm take the 33 and a half with Ford International. Um, it's a uh. large edge. I mean, sideline has Ford International as like, terribly terribly terrible yeah. yeah um and still says this number should only be utsa minus 30 so we're getting a little mm -hmm. bit of value here at 33 and a half i'd prefer getting 34 especially 35 at 35 i'm a little bit more excited about it um mm -hmm. here's the thing is uh, we keep talking about western kentucky and utsa being like carbon copies of each other and um yeah, Western Kentucky and FIU haven't they haven't played this year, right? They, so there's nothing to talk about. There's no <laughs> that, Western Kentucky didn't beat FIU seventy three to zero. So well, um, well, you would yeah, you would need to you know what, double this and then add a few more. 
And yeah. You, you might be able to get to that. Yeah. 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 So that is why I'm like, I, but, but I mean, it still feels like a lot of points because that shouldn't like, how do I say this? If FIU is truly that bad, they would be like the worst team in division three, like to lose <laughs> every yeah. game 73 to nothing uh, to mid-level teams. Like you're not losing 73 to nothing right. to Alabama. You're losing 73 to nothing to teams that are ranked in the 60s and 70s, right? So right. I, I just don't think FIU is, FIU is really bad, but I don't, they can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they've shown signs of life other than that game. Like, they kind of hung in last week a little bit. I mean, UConn didn't just destroy them. No. Um, we had an easy win with UConn, but it wasn't like UConn won by by 30, right? So I'm just going to grab the points and say UTSA has no desire to run up the score. But again, just seeing what Western Kentucky did, I can't be that confident unless you're giving me a lot more points in this. So I'll take the points, but it's not a play that I love. Uh, total 62 and a half, Cousin Jared. Is there any reason for anybody to watch this game unless you have friends or family there? No. Uh, wait. What I would say is wait until like kickoff because I, I, I think this is going to get to 35. You know, I you think mentioned like 35. Why, why would it not get to 35 is what we've seen from FIU this season. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, once it gets to 35, I still don't really know what to tell still you. Do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I would take the points because. UTSA's defense is nothing to write home about, and I feel like FIU is even like could score like 14 points or 17 points or something like that. And, and then you're just talking about, you know, can UTSA put up 60 points? Definitely, they could probably put up 60 points in the, if they want. But you know, if, if it's a, a blowout, yeah, in the second half, like do, do they necessarily care to? Is Jeff Trailer going to sit there and try to run up the score against FIU? I I, I don't think so. Um, so wait, see if it gets 35. I'd probably take the points, but I just just like. They're so bad. Yeah, they're just really, really bad people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saturday at noon, Miami at Virginia Tech. This was seven and a half earlier. I like it a lot more here, down to seven. I'm going to grab the minus seven with Miami. It's a B-grade pick. Sideline says this should be 9.3. I don't think Miami is very good, but I think Virginia Tech is pretty bad. I mean, there's a reason that these two teams are separated by about 40 spots in the model. Um, I think we saw North Carolina handle Virginia Tech pretty well. We saw North Carolina and Miami be more or less pretty close. And and, and I'm not a big transitive property in college football kind of Mm -hmm. guy, but I think that's fairly accurate. Like I think North Carolina's like shown they were a lot better Virginia Tech. I don't think that's crazy. And North Carolina and Miami are pretty close. I think that's crazy. Like, why wouldn't Miami be able to handle Virginia Tech? It is on the road, but it's right, an early right. start. So you're, you're minimizing the home field advantage. And you also have, again, what's usually a great home field advantage, but fans probably aren't that excited for a noon kickoff at, you know, in a season that yeah. doesn't feel that exciting. So uh, yeah. I'm going to lay the seven with Miami. B grade pick, total of 47. What is your take on this one? This is only Miami's second road game of the season. Uh, first one was to AM. They did not play well that no. that game at all. Um, going on Virginia Tech, I think they might struggle a little bit as well. Uh, man, I'm looking at this total, and if this were I, I uh, man, I don't know. Like I feel like both of these teams are pretty bad. I, <laughs> and, and, I, go ahead. I was thinking if it's 48, you got yeah, go under, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was going to say too. 40, 48, um, just because like. 
I don't I think this probably goes under 47. But man, just like both of these teams have been so bad. Like if you go back and think about that Middle Tennessee State game, mm. uh, you know, we talk about North Carolina's defense being bad, but I don't think there has been an individually worse game defensively this season than that Miami and Middle Tennessee State game. That was just so many busts what? from 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 Miami. But you also look at what Miami did against AM, and I'm not saying AM has a good offense, but like AM scored points on Alabama, right? So at some point, at yeah. some point, we have to say that was a little bit of a letdown situation where they just clearly weren't yeah. playing yeah. motivated, right? Right? Because yeah. Yeah. I don't think Miami's been that. I mean, you're right, but I, I feel like we kind of got to throw that one out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess kind of where I'm going with this is I, I've mentioned a couple of times this season with North Carolina that I more than anything that might be happening on the field, I have faith in North Carolina's defense to be bad. Well, here, I don't know if I trust Virginia Tech's um, offense to be worse or Miami's offense to be worse because I feel like they have both been really bad at, at, at times this season. So, yeah, I think if you get to 48, uh, I would go under. You'd probably be safe going under 47 I, as well, playing at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to just wait for 48. I'm probably playing under on this one either way. I'm just not in a rush to play it at 47. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the under is the spot here. I, I just don't see either one of these offenses doing enough. I think both defenses are solid. Miami, that one output, you know, that one game aside. Um, yeah. Also at noon, Eastern, Minnesota, Illinois. I'm going to grab the six and a half with Illinois. Sideline says this should be four to five. I, I think Minnesota is good. I think the issues last game without their star running back were more than just not having the star running back because he's not worth 20 points yeah. or 10 points or anything like that. I mean, reasonably maybe three points, but that's a lot. I mean, to say a, any non quarterback being worth more than two points is mm -hmm. a lot. And, and almost, yeah, Almost you don't see that other than like, you know, Calvin Johnson on Georgia Tech because he was so much better than anybody else, right? That yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I remember a couple of years back a while ago with uh, whoever the guy was for Alabama back when they had like no offense and they just had the one really good receiver. Um, that sort of situation, right? So yeah. he's not worth that much. I think kind of exposed that Minnesota is a solid but not great team. Um, Illinois frisky good defensively um yeah you know got into a rock fight last week and i think this is going to be another rock fight there's a reason that total is 39 and a half i'm going to grab the six and a half and, and give it a b grade and say i want seven i'd like it mm -hmm. to get to seven if it gets to seven it's an a grade at six and a half i still think it's a b grade i see a lot of ways that minnesota wins this game by six I yep. see field goals happening. I see yep. overtime happening. I see a lot of thing, ways that they can win this game by six or by three or by yep. four. So, uh, and I see a lot of ways Illinois can win this game at home. Hmm. I think Illinois is on the up, and I think Minnesota, Minnesota like peaked at like number six in the rankings, so they're on the way down. Yep. Not that I think yep. they're going to continue on the way down, but they can't get much higher than that, right? So, yeah, yep. I think Illinois is on the way up. I like what I've seen from them. That defense is really good. I, I think they can. Make ugly this game up. I would take the under 39 and a half if I wasn't so concerned about overtime. This feels right. like a game that could very easily be, you know, 
16 to 16 because there's a bunch of field goals or something and yeah, you're just yeah. and then it gets to overtime and you're like oh i and then you're at overtime you're just like how do we get one team to score one team not to and then they both get a touchdown or you know they both get a field goal and then it's 19 to 19 and you're like oh my gosh yeah. now i've lost this for some yeah. stupid reason so it's too low for me to play the under but i do think it will be a low scoring game it's one where maybe if you have an option on, at your book to do like an under in regulation type play oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe maybe a first half under It'd be a first half under that way you avoid that. But I think it's going to be an ugly, low-scoring, close game. Um, don't really know how the end plays out, but I think there's a lot of way Illinois can cover this and maybe accidentally win. Uh, so it's a bigger pick for me on them. And like I said, if I was playing a total, I'd definitely be doing first half under. Uh, Cousin Jerick, what is your take on this one? I will be on Illinois at, at some point. This This got to seven for like – a couple of hours. A second. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for, for a couple of hours, uh, I, I guess, when, when it was that uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, since coming back down to six and a half. I like it at six and a half, like it at six, uh, just like it even more at seven. So I'm waiting, no need for me to play this right now. If this goes back down to six, sure, I'll, I'll play it there. But yeah, really hoping to get the full touchdown here. But I agree with everything that you said. Uh, I, I know that the perception is that a lot of these non-quarterback players, skill players can be worth a lot of points, but that's just kind of not the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. Um, ba- based on Minnesota's last loss, they would have lo- lost whether Ibrahim played or, or, yes, or not. It wouldn't have um, yeah. And, and so, man, this just, these, these big 10 West games, man, with these totals in, in the you know upper thirties, just, just take, if you can get anything over like six points, just take it, like almost yeah. blindly, just take it. So uh, I, Again, like it at six and a half. If you want to go ahead and grab it at six and a half, perfectly fine. Um, I'm waiting for seven. If it goes to six, I'll play it at six. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, a, a six point teaser spot as well. Then you get oh, under yeah. 45 and a half and you get plus yep. 12 and a half. Uh, or like I said, first half under. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. Like I said, anytime you get points with these low scoring games, grab the points. Can, can maybe, you know, I, I don't, I don't, wouldn't like to say that I've had very many gimmicks. On this show, should I have a gimmick where I just have like a six or a six and a half point teaser with like three Big Ten West teams each week? <laughs> like, because I feel like you're getting a lot of value there. Prob- probably, uh, I guess. Hey, if, if you're if you're interested in that and you want that to be cousin Jerick's gimmick, you know, drop a comment and and yeah, and let uh, us know that that's what's that's what you're looking for. Um, noon Eastern, Iowa State at Texas. Uh, Texas obviously looking great. I am. I've, the model has been high on Texas all season. The model has had them up in the top like 10-ish basically all year long. I think they are a good team. Uh, Southern has them ranked sixth right now. I mean, that is just mm. honestly ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, I, there are other rankings out there that have them higher, so at least at least I'm only at sixth. Um, yeah. I, Iowa State, as I talked about, is, is a good, not great team. In any other year, they'd be the fifth best team in the Big 12 get a couple teams, you know, and, you know, maybe three teams in the new year six game and they can make a solid bowl. Right. Um, yeah. As it is, the big 12 is so strong this year. I mean, there's a case to be made that Iowa state's the worst team in the conference, you know, them and them in West Virginia at this point, which is yeah. sad because I think Iowa state's a solid team, yeah. uh, but it's just a really strong conference. Here's the thing. As high as I am on Texas, this is a horrible spot for them. They mm-hmm. just crushed their rival. They are on top of the world and everything is going well, and the loss is explained because of the injury to the quarterback, and they're going to run the table and win the national championship. And I think that uh, we got a pretty good coach over there uh, Mm -hmm. in Iowa State, in in Ames, Iowa, and I think that he is able to 
devise a game plan to keep the Cyclones in this game. I'm grabbing the 17 with Iowa State. It's a B great pick. I Texas has too many holes. They have too many issues on defense. Iowa State can put together long drives like Texas Tech did. Um, not as much as Texas Tech did. That turned into a shootout. I don't think they can do quite that, but I think mm-hmm. they can have some of those long. The problem is that the, in the second half, Texas Tech wore Texas down so much, those weren't long drives anymore. <laughs> they, weren't, right. they, were, they were six play drives, but the first half, they were 17 play drives. It's exactly what they're going to be trying to do, and that Texas defense has holes. It's just Oklahoma's offense last week was so incompetent, they couldn't find them. Um, and so I mentioned last week I was all over Texas. I think it was a great spot for them. This week I think it's a terrible spot for them. I'm going to grab the 17 with Iowa State. It's a B-grade pick. Sideline says it should be 16, but again, like I said, sideline is very high on Texas. And I think they've got potential. It's just all about the matchups and the styles. And to be honest – I'm not sure how many games Texas is going to cover the rest of the year. I think at this point they're going to be getting a lot of respect, and I think the matchups yep. are really rough and a really strong conference of a bunch of teams that are going to be able to exploit the weaknesses on the Texas defense that people are going to say they should have Oklahoma. But, I mean, Oklahoma is all of the sudden, like, I don't even know, very mediocre, yeah. which is crazy yeah. to say, as good as they've been for the last – our whole lifetimes, basically, if you're, if you're yeah. not, you know, <laughs> the last yeah. 50 years or whatever they've been so good for so many years. So I, I just think that that uh, Texas pitching the shutout was a great spot for them. Kudos, mm. but I think it's a terrible spot. I think this is a yeah. close game. It's a noon kick. Your home fans are not going to be quite as fired up for Iowa State at noon as you were Oklahoma nope. in your big rivalry game. So nope. uh, I just I think Iowa State's a great player plus seventeen. Uh, totals forty nine and a half. Cousin Jared, do you have any takes for us on this one? You said everything that I I could have said. Official play for me, I'm going to be taking the 17 points with Iowa State as well. I just, you know, we, okay, so here's the thing. I think Texas is much better this year. I I think they are improved. I I think we saw that with just how they demolished Oklahoma. You know, they got off that big lead against a completely different team, Oklahoma, last year, but got off that big lead last year and just completely gave it away that that game. you know, from what we saw against Alabama uh, and, and to what we saw against Oklahoma, I think Texas is better this year. But, I mean, you you called it before it happened, you know, a month ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was they lost to Tech. We said that this game or the game before the Oklahoma game, they always lost, and they lost. And, yep. and I completely agree with what you just said. This is a huge letdown spot. And I called for- and I called that they would cover against West Virginia, saying it was good that they lost to Tech because now they're going to come home and they're going to they're going to that I would yeah. had they beaten Tech, I would have said they you know I mean it, I, I've been I've seen yes. Tech pretty dang well with this Texas team. <laughs> yes, you are correct. And, and this Iowa State team, I think, is the one of the last types of teams you would want to play in this situation coming off a game like that because you know Iowa State's going to come in and, and kind of give you all that you can possibly handle. And so I'm taking the 17 points as well. That, that's, that's a lot of points. Um, you know, I can see Iowa State slowing Texas down enough for a quarter, two quarters, uh, to kind of get to the point where, you know, maybe Iowa State only loses by 10. And, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's a lot of points for Texas coming off that big win against Oklahoma. I, I would not be surprised if Texas lost this game. Uh, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I think Iowa State hangs in. I don't think Iowa State wins this game. I think they hang in, and I think Texas escapes with the win. I think this is as as Lee Corso would always say, right? Closer than the experts think, right? Yeah, I think this is one of those where uh, Texas is lucky to get out of town. Get you know, go back home. You know, at at three thirty Eastern. 
yeah. lucky to go home with a win and escape and just add another W to the, to the win column. Um, but like I said, I would not be surprised if they lost this game at all. So if, yep. if you're interested and you want some massive plus odds, it's not, it's, 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 it's a fun lotto ticket, uh, in my opinion, yeah. you're going to get some, yeah. some huge plus odds. And this is the time I think, I think if I saw, I have, I have been impressed at times with Texas defense, but I've honestly been more concerned than impressed. They've had moments mm. where it looks like the guys are in the right spot. They're gang tackling They're they're positioned well, and that's what you want to do. And that's what they did against Alabama. But I don't, I haven't seen that against the non Oklahoma's and the non Alabama's. Mm. I didn't really see it against tech. I didn't really see it against West Virginia. I saw yeah. a little bit more there, but again, that was coming off a loss. This, I think Texas is back adjacent. I think they are, <laughs> like you said, they're much better, but yeah. they, the, the benefit that those Texas teams that were so dang good, yes, they had Colt McCoy. Yes, they had Vince Young. They also had some really good defense, defensive players. Yes. There's yes. a reason that they were half known as, you know, DBU yeah. and, you know, defensive back university, right? If you, if you missed the reference there and their defense showed up just about every game. This defense didn't show up every game. If their defense isn't showing up every game, I always say, like I said, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to do the thing that they do that they can do. Or just keep your offense on the sideline. And yeah. that's not going to go well. Uh, no. in Texas. So yeah. Uh, moving on from that one, 1 PM Eastern Buffalo at UMass. I would have locked the 17 on in on Buffalo right now. I, I said this last week. I think Buffalo might actually be not terrible. I think the model's still underestimating Buffalo a little bit. UMass is terrible. I don't think it's a great number, but I want to get it at 17 rather than 17 and a half because at 17 and a half, you would say the smart play is to take the points with UMass. But if Buffalo is actually half decent and UMass is terrible, I don't want to be a part of that. So I'm going to grab mm -hmm. the 17 with Buffalo. It's a C grade pick, uh, total of 47 and a half. Because uh, Jared, what do you have for us on this one? Uh, I, I have I have nothing to say about this game. I would lay the points if I had to because I don't think that UMass's offense is not not good this year, and so I, I would definitely lay the points. Uh, and, and again, going going back to UMass's offense being bad, I think the the markets have finally caught up to that um, because I think. Earlier this season, you you were doing well if you were just on UMass unders just because I don't think they had necessarily caught up to how much their offense had died, regressed from last year. Their offense wasn't right. awful last year. Last year right. it was their defense. And again, um, yeah, yeah, this year it, it, it's the it's the offense. So, uh, yeah, markets have adjusted. I'm not going to just tell you to play UMass overs. They're not going to give up, you know, 51 points every game like maybe they would have uh, last year. And so because of that, I would say play the points if, if you had to make a play. 3.30 Eastern, Maryland, Indiana. Uh, Maryland's an 11-point favorite. Sideline says this should be 14.7. Uh, Maryland ranked 23rd. Uh, they've been pretty impressive this season. Indiana, I've got ranked 83rd. They have not been impressive. So, I mean, to me, this is just a situation where you say one team is a lot better than the other. Um, Indiana was able to cover last week at home against Michigan that feels uh, barely barely yeah. but that feels like they shot their shot and I think yeah. that this Maryland team is good enough to come in and just clock them so it's a b-grade pick for me at minus 11 on Maryland it'd be an a-grade pick if it was under 
10. I still think 13, 14, probably 17, and then 11 are your most likely outcomes, but 10 is definitely on the table as well. And so because of that, um, I, because it's on the wrong side of 10, it's just a B grade pick. But uh, like I said, if, if, if this did for whatever reason get down to nine and a half and it wasn't injury related, I would love that. I just at 11, I think it's worth an investment, just not my strongest play. Total of 61 and a half. Cousin Jared, what is your take? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking this up right now because I'm thinking of something. And I want to make sure that I'm not just misremembering where, where these games have occurred at. Um, but, okay, Indiana this season beat Illinois playing at home, which a game that, okay, number one, like they lost. Like it was, yes. Okay, so, so they lost, but on the scoreboard, they won. So for whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> they won at home against Illinois. They beat Western Kentucky at home by three in over. And that was a game that they should not have won, if I remember correctly. They should not have won that game. And then they covered against Michigan, to your point. They, they kind of shot their shot there, but they got shut out the second half of that game. Didn't, didn't look that great. I think Indiana plays better at home than they do on the road. And so – because at this point, it's kind of got to, you know, you've got a, a few games here where you're saying, like, the final scores of the games were not necessarily indicative of what happened. It just seems like Indiana at home kind of finds a way. So I think I would take the points if I had to, just because I, I know you've, you said that they, they shot their shot there. Maybe that's the best that they got. Um, at the same time, like, I feel like Indiana did some stuff in that game that you build off of against a team like Michigan, which, you know, I think looking at their schedule here, that's the biggest thing that I take away is like, they play a bunch of these close games. Like my goodness, like, they, it's like Indiana played as good as they possibly could for like two and a half quarters in that game. And it was, you know, they lost by 21 points. Um, so I think Michigan's good. Um, I think I would take the 11 points just in a being at home. I, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on Maryland. I think they're better this year. Not a hundred percent sold. I think there's just some weird stuff going on in Bloomington. So I think I would take the 11 points. All righty. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Kent State at Toledo. I've got an A grade play on Toledo minus nine. They were good to us last week. I'm going to lay it again with them. Sideline says it should be a 15-point spread. I mean, your most likely outcomes here are some combination of 10, 11, 13, 14, 17, 18. All of those get us to the window. It's it's kind of similar to the thing I talked about with Maryland, just we're on the right side of 10 here. Um, so it's an right. angry play for me back in Kent State. I mean, back in Toledo, excuse me. Um, I think Toledo is solid. I talked about it all season. And I think I, I said it last week. I think I've I think I figured out Toledo. I kind of explained some of that away. And I, I think they're a solid team. Um, the San Diego State thing was weird with the travel. Mm-hmm. Ohio State just insanely good um, and probably yeah. by far the best team in college football this year, at least at the moment. Uh, Kent right. State's uh, ranked 104th. I mean, they're just not that good of a football team. So I think Toledo can take care of business at home. All I'm asking them to do is win by double digits. It's a huge edge here. A great play for me. Total of 61 and a half. Cousin Jared, what is your take? Man, that, that uh, 61 is – 61 and a half is looking pretty good uh, because uh, 62. So, so the, the highest, or I guess the two most key numbers in the sixties are, are 65 and 62. And, and so the fact that you would be able to, to you know, go over a 61 and a half before you get to, I, th- I think that's a pretty good good number there. Uh, I would definitely be eyeing over here um, because I, we kind of talked about it. When we talked about the Miami, Ohio game uh, in, in the last show. 
I, I was impressed with Miami. Ohio's kind of slowing down Kent State's offense last week. Um, I don't think that Toledo is going to be able to do the same thing. The, the problem is that Kent State's defense will also not be able to um, slow down, settle down Toledo at all. I think so. It uh, had a lean in this game. I, I would definitely say over 61 and a half. And, and so I think that kind of also correlates with you landing nine points. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, you know, you can convince Toledo may get a stop or two. I don't know if Kent State gets too many stops at all right right uh 330 eastern nc state at syracuse we have questions about the quarterback uh for nc state leary uh getting hurt against florida state i am assuming he doesn't play and i'm penalizing nc state i'm giving a four-point penalty there um it's really hard to know exactly what penalty you should get so just the number that you see in the sheet is a is a four point penalty. You can say it should be more or less. I mean, a good quarterback. You're talking seven max, kind of ten points. Uh, I, I think Leary is good. The issue is, you know, he had a lot of the hype coming into the season, and the offense hasn't really performed well. And I'm not saying that's his fault. It might be mm. the lack of weapons. They lost a lot of production, and, and we kind of thought that might not be a huge deal, but it turned out that it has been a big deal. And so with him being out, you can't in my opinion, you can't penalize them too much because he wasn't doing it. And I'm not saying the backup can, it's just the backup's going to have the same problems. And so at some point it's not like the offense was clicking on all cylinders. Right. So right, um, right. I think NC state is a little bit hampered, obviously by him coming out. So the game plan changed mid game Florida state. I don't think that means much because now he's got the whole week to pray. I assume he's not going to play, um, you know, could be wrong if he does. That's even better for us. But I'm just assuming he doesn't play. I'm assuming that NC State offense isn't that good <laughs> uh, in general. I think it takes a step back. Uh, I think this is going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. Uh, Syracuse somehow 5-0, and but I still think NC State's a better team. Um, mm-hmm. Even with penalizing NC State, I think this is a – these two teams are about even. Um, mm-hmm. It gives Syracuse a little bit of a home field advantage. I'm going to take the 3.5 with NC State. I like this play a lot only a B grade because of the uh, high variance with the quarterback situation that right, just right. adds a little bit of uncertainty. So it's a B grade pick. It's what I want to be invested on, but there's just a lot of variability here. So I think that if we're talking about adding that extra 50%, that's what I do with the A grade, that extra 50%, you know, of the wager on those, I'd rather use that extra 50% in other games where I don't have this kind of not really sure what's going with the quarterback situation, but getting three and a half makes a lot of sense. Totals 44. And I'm actually also going under the 44, I just don't see a lot of points in this. I think the NC State's defense is their strongest unit at this point. I think that Syracuse is a team, kind of like I talked about uh, earlier with the Baylor-West Virginia situation. I think they're a team that, for the most part, kind of plays the style you play. If you go fast, they'll go fast. If you go slow, they'll go slow. And NC State's going to grind this game down, I think. And so I just think this is going to be an ugly, low-scoring – if you like defense, you're going to love this game. And that correlates. So I'm going to go under 44 and plus 3.5 with NC State. Feels like 17 to 17 late, and then it's just who can kick a field goal and win, avoid overtime type game. Yeah. Because, uh, Jared, what is your take? I would also take the three and a half points if pressed. Uh, just bec- And this, like, has you, you did a good job of breaking down the questions marks around in, NC State and is Larry going to play and everything. Uh, this is like strictly. Syracuse at home, this just seems like a game that's going to get weird and there's going to be overtime or there's – Which is why you want three and a half points, right? (laughs) Yeah, or or there's going to be like – 
there's going to be a last minute field goal or somebody's going to miss an extra point. And it, like, it just feels like it's going to be a close game with something strange happening. And in that scenario, I would take three and a half points every time. Yeah. And so definitely that, that would be the way that I would lean. Yeah. Uh, 4 PM Eastern James Madison and Georgia Southern. This number's gotten out to 11 and a half. That's enough for me to play Georgia Southern. It's only a C grade pick. I want to minimize the units on this just because we still don't really know how good James Madison is. It, it, it's just not a lot of data on them, right? Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Sidelight's got them up to 36th. I, I can't see it getting much higher than that. Like, that seems really hard to believe that a team from a group of five conference like this, without the history that a Houston or a Cincinnati or a BYU or a whatever, right, mm-hmm. has had, is just going to jump up and all of a sudden be a top 25 team with regards to how good they are top 25, not not resume, right? Resume, I, mm-hmm. I'm fine with them being ranked. I'm just saying from a do you think they are the 25th best team going forward, not looking backwards, right? So I, I think we've kind of reached the ceiling on James Madison. I think Georgia Southern is decent at home. I think getting this many points makes a lot of sense. Um but the James Madison team is good, so I don't yeah. want to go too heavy against it. But it feels to me, I think we've reached a point. So I'm, I'm, I'm laying my claim here, only with a half unit, though. I'm not laying my claim strongly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very tepid claim, but I'm laying my claim here. I think we've reached a peak with James Madison. I think about 36 in the rankings is about as high as I can see them going in my model. And I think that this number is a little carried away with the James Madison love. They are good, but I, I just think we're getting carried away. I think going on the road to a team like Georgia Southern who has a pulse and winning by 12 or more is a tall task for an offense in Georgia Southern that can score with you. And, you know, it, it, it feels like the Appalachian State kind of game, right? They can, yeah. You can both score. There's going to be some stretch runs for each team. It's just a lot of points. Um, yeah. But again, only a half unit because the James Madison team is so good. Uh, Sideline says it should be 10 and a half. So I think we got a little bit of value here at 11 and a half. Total 67. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? James Madison has gained 17 points in your ratings over the course of the season. And, and I thought they were kind of high to start with, too. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't start is, off at the bottom. That wasn't yeah. a start at the bottom situation. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. Uh, so with that, I'll – recall something that that you said to me a few weeks ago it's like you know i i you've said we've said many times i don't know if we found the bottom on the team i don't know if we found the ceiling on the team based on your ratings i cannot say that we have found the ceiling on james madison yet <laughs> uh, i know you just made a good case as to I, why I, I feel like we have to have but i yeah but, I mean, the, but it, we have it in the data i just think we've got to be there right yeah yeah i i guess the other thing that i look at though is i feel like the the two teams that james madison have played that might be most similar to georgia southern this season would be Middle Tennessee and uh, Arkansas State. And James Madison beat Middle Tennessee by 37, and they beat Arkansas State by 22. So I, and so I think I would lay the points if, if forced, just because I, I don't know if we're, you know, the ratings are complete. I, I know what you're saying about how it is like literally almost impossible for them to yeah. go any higher, but I just haven't seen it yet. And Georgia Southern plays at a pace where I think there's going to be a lot of points and those other teams they have played this season that try to play fast and get a lot of points on the board. It just has not worked out 
against James Madison this this season. Well, the only thing that's worked out is James Madison scored a lot of points, and the other team has not. And, and so I think I would still label 11 and a half. Um, you know, I, I can't point to anything stylistically on the field that would make me think that just kind of looking at some of the other games they've played, and I just haven't seen anything that would make me think that, you know, Georgia Southern would be able to cover this number. Yeah. I mean, James Madison is really good. I, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm just, I, and, the, and I, I agree with everything you said, which is why it's only a C grade pick, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like maybe we're getting a little carried away with the James Madison love. Maybe, but yeah. maybe not. Maybe they win this game by 30. And if so, then that's why it's only got a half unit on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or a, a, whatever. A, a small yeah. unit. Um, Wisconsin at Michigan state for PM Easter. Look, um, my, look, my take is you viewer have an opinion on this game and nothing I can say is going to change your mind. So I'm going to take the seven and a half of Michigan state. <laughs> so here, here's the second leg of my big 10 West teaser. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to tease this total up to 55 and yeah. we're going to take, take the under 55 in this game. And so, so far we've got, uh, we've got in Illinois, excuse me, Illinois plus, uh, 12 or no what what was it six and a half so we're gonna have illinois plus 12 and a half and we're gonna have wisconsin michigan state under 55 um let's see where we can go the rest of the week and find <laughs> our, our third leg of this big 10 west thing um to, to your point cousin jared the the reason why i think taking seven and a half points is smart is because i think this is going to be a low scoring ugly ball game i don't trust either yeah. offense to score i don't trust that last week's wisconsin showing was real i think that was the one week balance of we've got a different coach now um mm-hmm. i think the coach there i think now maybe they're opening up a little bit but i still think um winning by more than a touchdown on the road in a game that probably is going to get ugly is a tall task. I'm not saying Wisconsin can't do it, but it just seems like a lot of points for a big 10 game with a total under 50. So um, sideline says that this should be Wisconsin minus five. So uh, only a B grade pick. I think it makes a lot of sense. Only a B grade pick because Michigan state has just been so terrible i don't think you can grow go a grade confidence with anything on michigan state other than they will show up and do some football related things but even that (laughs) sometimes questionable Yeah, well, ba- ba- the bad news for you, viewer, is the other Big Ten West game this week involves Nebraska, and so it is completely possible that that is going to kill my my uh, teaser here uh, because <laughs> Nebraska, I'm sure, can just kill so many things at this point. That's true. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Utah State at Colorado State. I'm going to grab the 11 with Colorado State. I-, I think it's too many points on the road. Um, Sideline says eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that these are two bad football teams, and it's a lot of points, and the total's forty six. Yeah, but uh, I've seen Colorado State play, and it made me sad, and so that's why it's <laughs> only a C grade pick. But yeah. I think it's the smart pick. Because um, Jerry, what do you have for on this one? So a YouTube commenter a couple of weeks ago was like, hey, Cousin Jared, I really need you to give your lean on each game, you know, because some <laughs> of us are in pick'em pools or whatever. That's pick every game. So if this is in your pick'em you pool, you need a new pool. <laughs> yeah, and, and so what I was going to say is I'm not I'm not telling you what I think about this game because whatever decision you make is going to be completely on you for for this game because I this is just absolutely disgusting. I, I, okay, no, I'm lying. I, I can't I can't do this. I, I would I would lay the points with Utah State because Utah State, you know, they beat Air Force last week. They, they lost to UNLV earlier, but they outplayed UNLV. Go look back at the box score. They, but you, they UNLV's looked kind of terrible lately. 
Yes, yes, but they had a higher higher than fifty percent win expectancy in that game. They they dominated UNLV in a lot of the statistical categories. I know. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back up. UNLV's right now. Someone other, another commenter was like, "Why do you always agree?" Well, look, we can disagree here, right? <laughs> UNLV's ranked ninety seventh. They outperformed UNLV, outplayed UNLV at home, mm-hmm. which is the 97th ranked team. How is that supposed to impress me? <laughs> I, like, I, 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 they should I, have. I, yeah, I didn't say anything about impressing. It's it's more <laughs> that Colorado State, even after that victory, is still 126th. Mm-hmm. And I just think a, a team that lost by what, – what did they lose by? Like 31 at home to Sacramento State. Like this is not a, a, a good team. And so I just, I, I know it's a lot of points with, with two teams that are both bad, but I think that Colorado state is just another level bad, even from what we've seen from Utah state so far this season. The other thing is, is that if every, if everything gets kind of tied together and people clean everything up, I still think Colorado State's really, really bad if they get everything cleaned up. If, yeah. if Utah State gets everything cleaned up, I feel like they're like the 95th best team or maybe the 100th best team. They're not 111 or whatever they might be right now. So, uh, Do I need to remind you that Utah State lost by 28 at home to Weber State? That's further in the past. That's just as bad as losing to Sacramento State by 31. Yeah, I know. I still feel like I would lay the points. I just think that Colorado State is I, I think very bad. Utah State has two wins this season. One was at home against UConn, where they won by 11. It was last week. I really think your analysis on this game, and I can't believe we're talking about this game so long. Um, <laughs> this is why this is either why people love to watch us, or they're gonna be like, "These, I'm done yeah. with these guys." Um, yeah. I think your analysis of this game has to do with how you feel about that Air Force game last week, because mm-hmm. the Colorado State win against Nevada, I don't think means a ton. Both those teams mm-hmm. are bad. I don't. I don't take much from it. Right? The Utah State win against Air Force, like. Is that Utah State getting it together and actually figuring out how to play? Or is that just like Air Force didn't show up? Or was that just right schemes? Or I don't know. I really don't know what to make of that. And that's, I think, if you think, if you sit here and say, if you think Air Force is a solid team and you think Utah State showed up and has their stuff figured out and that's going to lay the points with Utah State, I just don't know what that means. And so I kind of just think the same thing I said about the James Madison thing. I just think we're getting carried away with yeah. Utah State has exactly one decent game all season and yeah. Yeah. a bunch of stankers. And yeah. I just think being favored by double digits on the road is yeah. a lot, even against a bad team. Mm-hmm. That's true. But uh, if you, again, I, like I said, I think if you think that that game against Air Force says that Utah State can get it together, because I agree with you, if both teams can get it together, Utah State ceiling is way higher than Colorado State's. Yeah. Um, that's just a lot of points on to lay on the road, uh, especially with yeah. a total of 46. But again, it's a yeah. C grade pick because that's hard to really argue with yeah. what you're saying. Of Colorado State is also very terrible. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like I'm getting enough points that I'm like, it doesn't really matter because I'm getting all these points. I'm only getting 11. So it's it's it, yeah. it's a pick I'm making, but it's not a pick I have a ton of confidence in. Yeah. A pick I do have a ton of confidence in. 730 Eastern. Clemson, three and a half point favorite against Florida State. Uh Jared, I think Clemson is is back adjacent as well i Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. think they are top two top three college football but i really think that this team is good enough that they finally figured out offensively enough to do what we said they should do which is if they can be competent and i've been saying this for almost a year now that end of last season they've kind of gotten it together a little bit 
offensively. And if that offense is just competent, that defense is good enough. They're a good team. They're a top 10 team. They're not a top three team anymore, but they're still a top 10 team side that has an eight. I think that seems about right. This Florida State team, I still don't trust. I know it's on the road. It's a night game. I assume that everybody in the whole city of Tallahassee will be at this game, uh, even mm-hmm. though that's not logistically possible. So I assume it will be a rocking crowd. I just think Clemson could take care of business. I don't see Florida State doing much offensively. I like Clemson minus three and a half. It's an A grade play. Sideline says it's six and a half. And I normally don't like laying three and a half. But here's the thing on this game. I think if you're worried about three versus four, you're worried about the wrong key number. I think the right key number you should be worried about is six versus seven. And guess what? If you lay three and a half, if they win by six or seven, you still got winners either way. So I think this makes a lot of sense. So lay the three and a half. And I'm going to go under 51. I think this is going to be a 31 to 10 type game. I think Clemson takes care of business, makes another statement here uh, on national TV. I don't think Florida State does that much in this game. So I'm going to go under 51 mm-hmm. and I'm going to lay the three and a half with Clemson on the road. Because Jared, what is your take? I am also laying the three and a half with Clemson. That's an official pick for me, or excuse me, laying the three and a half with Clemson. That's an official pick for me. Uh, so when we were texting on Sunday night, this number was at four. I was good with laying four points with Clemson. Went to four and a half before we started recording. I was not good with four and a half. My buy point was four. So I'm glad that this came back down and, into the rage even better than maybe what I could have gotten earlier on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think Clemson... They're not what they were a few years ago, but in my opinion, they are definitely better than they were last year. And I think that is enough to put away this Florida State team, even on the road. Um, I mean, it's I'm, I'm excited that Florida State has been more respectable um, yep. this season. Uh, I think that's kind of we need more exciting games like this in the ACC, in my opinion, because if this game had been a couple of years ago, what, the, what would the spread on this game have been like 13, Ooh. 13 and a half, 14 Something Probably like that, maybe and, higher. At least, yeah. And, and so, just the fact that we were having at least, you know, by the metrics here, a, a close game, I think that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, last season we had the whole segment talk me out of Clemson because you know the the, the numbers said one thing and I felt another way based on what I was seeing. But this year, I'm aligned with with what sideline is seeing. Um, I, I think that there's value on Clemson minus three and a half here. Yeah, and, and Florida State lost by ten at home to Wake Forest. Clemson's a better team than Wake Forest, uh, in my opinion. Uh, They lost that game at NC State last week. We talked about with Leary going down. I mean, they had every chance to win that game and just couldn't do it. Did did NC State like complete like one pass in the second half of that game or something something like like that? that? Yeah, Yeah. something like that. And so I I get Florida State's an improved team. Uh, Said that has them ranked 32nd. I just think that that a 32nd ranked team, you know, going to struggle with the eighth ranked team. Um, And so, yeah, I just think Clemson's. Again, like I said, back adjacent, you know, very good, not quite to the level they were, you know, whatever, four years ago, but still a very good team. Yep. Um, rounding us out here on this episode before we look back and talk about all the things that we want to add based off line movements, 8 p.m. Eastern, North Carolina at Duke. Um, I've been pretty good, I think, with North Carolina this year, zigging and zagging. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take the seven with Duke. It's an A grade play for me. Um, other than the Virginia Tech game, I think that's the only one that I missed with my theory of North Carolina, which is just take the points because. Mm-hmm. They're going to play close games, and mm-hmm. I love this number at seven. I think North Carolina can win, but I think seven's about the most they can win by. Uh, I just think Duke can hang in there in this game at home. Uh, Sideline mm-hmm. says it should be six. I, I just think this is one of those one team scores, the other team scores type thing. One team gets a stop, the other team gets a stop type thing. I think this is going to be a pretty evenly matched game. North Carolina's a little bit better, but I, I don't think – I think this plays out like the uh, North Carolina-Miami game more than the – North Carolina, Virginia Tech game. I think Duke's a much better team 
the Virginia Tech. So I think that's the that's the only game that North Carolina has been able to really put away an opponent. I don't think they can put away Duke. I think Duke can hang in there. Give me the seven all day long. A great pick. Yeah. Total of 66. Uh, I really want to be invested in this total, but goodness, I don't know what angle to take with it. Um, do you have an angle of total? Because I'm completely uh, flummoxed by a number like 66 for this game. Yeah, you, you knew exactly where I was going. Uh, I, so I have no play on, on the spread of this game. F- feels about right. Um, you know, it's it seems like maybe a point too many or something. You know, seven maybe seems like a little bit too much, but, you know, well, well set line in my opinion. Uh, the total. I think I would definitely lean to the over 66. And and the reason that I I say that is number one. um, Well, okay. So we know how I feel about Duke's defense, right? Like we've talked about that ad ad nauseum this season, but the thing in North Carolina's offense is just really, really good. And, and Duke's, offense is I, I think a little under uh, appreciated I think they're they're better than than what most people would like think would like to think um, but to, to take you un, under the hood a, a, a little bit here so one of the the models that I use when I'm looking at totals is, is Bill Connolly's SP plus which thank 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 God for Bill Connolly he, he has done so so much for us am I right but um, his his total on this game is 65. What I can tell you from years of looking at SP Plus is SP Plus is wonderful tool. Does not do well uh, with the outliers on, on totals, either at the high end or the low end. And, and so the fact that SP Plus makes the total on this game 65, that tells me something. Because normally, you know, you would see a total hung at like 66 or something, and SP Plus would be like, it should be 61 or, you know, 62. Or something like that. Very rarely does SP Plus actually come out and say a, a game should have a total of 65 points. So the fact that it's saying 65 and the total is only 66, that tells me you need to be going over in this spot. Right. So it's not an official play for me, just because I, you know I don't, uh, I, I just don't really don't like playing overs at, at numbers that high. But I've looked at the diff- various models enough to know that it says 65. That means there's going to be a lot of points in this game. So, question for you then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke, Kansas had 62 points. Mm-hmm. I feel like that Kansas team, when they were rolling offensively, isn't drastically different than North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, Miami mm-hmm. last week at 51 points. I feel like Miami's mm-hmm. not drastically different than Duke. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I just, to me, mm-hmm. like I said, I can see both ways. And that's my. My only yep. counter is seeing some of those, and I'm like, it just it feels like a high number because of that. But also, I don't disagree in that when you look at some of the inside the box sorts of things, you think if you start doing some yeah. math on it, you should get to a lot of points. That's why I said I I don't yep. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I also feel like I have a difficult time analyzing Kansas's defensive performance this year because I get stuck on that Iowa State game. Right. And, right. and so like how much of that was Kansas and how much of that was Iowa state, you know, I, I don't really know. So I feel like if you take that Iowa state game out, I'm like, well, yeah. 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 Kind of right. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you take that game away, you say Kansas and North Carolina are yeah. more or less the same team. I mean, not quite, yeah. but yeah. they're really close. Right. But yeah. that Iowa state game is kind of a, a thorn in the side, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I will say Kansas has a better defense than, than North Carolina is yes. also what I would say. So, and uh, I would, I would say Kansas has a, Better defense and a, I don't know about offense. Probably about a similar offense. Yeah, maybe, it's a little I, bit better team, similar offense. Yeah, similar I would say may, maybe slight North Carolina, maybe slightly better, but it's very close. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that wraps us up for these games. Let's go to the three. This, I feel like three nails and go home. This is gonna be like seven nails and go home. We got a lot to talk about here. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I will let you uh, start us off on this segment. 
Yeah. So, man, a lot, a lot of things happening. So uh, we mentioned on the first episode that, that Penn State and Michigan, like 52 and a half was our buy point for the under on that game. Some For some reason, it's gotten to 52 and a half. That's going to be a two-unit play for me on the under 52 and a half. I just don't see this game being high scoring. If you told me this game was 31-21, that seems like way too many points, and we would still go under at that number. And so uh, I really like the under 52 and a half in Penn State and Michigan. Okay. In, you know, the, the the die has been cast at this point. And so if somebody else knows something about this game that I don't know, then that's you know good for you. Uh, unfortunate for me. We were talking about Arkansas and BYU <laughs> going over 59. This total is all and the we, way up. And we pointed out, and we pointed out there was a 58 and a half out there. Go, we said, I said, I'm pretty sure like, go get it now at that 58 and a half. Go get yeah. me over. It is all the way up to 66. And I have no idea why it has gone up to 66, but that is going to be a two unit play on the under 66 for me. I know Arkansas State's, or excuse me, again, there I go, bad defenses in Arkansas State. Uh, Arkansas's defense, especially their pass defense, is is very bad. But man, I, I just would be very surprised if this game were like, you know, 45 to 28 or something like that. Like, I just don't think that's how this game is going to play out. And so uh, I like two units on the under 66 and, in the Arkansas and I mentioned, game. And I mentioned the whole thing with that, that like, you know, we assume that, you know, KJ Jefferson is going to play now, but like from some of the reports, he maybe could have even played last weekend, but there was this talk of like the backup having such a great week and then wanting to go with him. So it was like, to me, to me reading the tea leaves was a little bit of like, we don't think the difference is that much. And so yeah. I, maybe a point or two yeah. for him coming back. Sure. But it, I, I didn't get the feel that because we talk about the difference between a quarterback is not just about how good the quarterback is. It's about how good the backup is. If it's a bad quarterback, but the backup is terrible then that still matters a lot, right? That was the situation we had with, with Charlotte early in the season when they went from their second string to their third string or third string to whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it, it seemed like a couple point difference here, not anything to make you jump the total, yeah, a touchdown. Like I am getting sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and even at that, like I feel like Jeff with Jefferson in the game, they would be running him more, and, and so you get the the clock potentially running more. And again, sixty six. That's just, I mean, that's almost every key number in the sixties except sixty nine. And, and so, like, it, it's just it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, even if you said like sixty two, I would have said okay. That, that feels right. But 66 is just way too many points. Uh, so, yeah, two-unit play for me on the under 66 in Arkansas BYU. Um, Washington, can't believe this, got down to 14. Uh, yeah. I, I, what, did you lay 15, I think? I 15. And a half. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I said if it got down to 14, I, I would lay the points with them. So I'm laying the 14 with Washington. We've, we talked about Arizona a lot. Um, they're not going to be able to stop Washington. Washington may not get too many stops, but all they need to get is two, and they could probably win by 14. Uh, I think that, to- that total's approaching 73 now. <laughs> it's just- yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, USC and Utah. The more that I thought about this, I just cannot get the Utah it- game at Oregon State out of my head. And so I am going to go under 65 in, in uh, USC and Utah. And I'm going to make that a two-unit play uh, because I just think USC is going to have some trouble in Salt Lake City. And, like, I guess I would have said the same thing about Utah last week, them not wanting to get into that type of game with UCLA. Um, But I just think at home Utah will be able better able to 
control the pace of the game and the flow of the game. And again, I just can't get that well, USC because, Oregon State game out of my mind. Because UCLA's offense is better than USC's offense, but USC's defense is better than UCLA's defense. Like yeah. UCLA can't help but play in those types of games. That's just who they are. Yeah. And they yeah. are going to force you. And that's what we talk about. Like if you have a really good one unit, you can force the other team to play that style. And UCLA's offense, kudos to them. Again, all props in the world. If their offense is so good, they are going to make you play their style. Yep. And that doesn't work for Utah, right? But USC's offense is good, but not that good. What USC has that UCLA doesn't is a better defense, but that's going to mean that Utah has a more likely chance of playing their style of game. And as we've seen, USC is very comfortable playing whatever style you want them to play. Yeah, um, yep. they are. And so that lends itself to the under. It's funny, yep. we don't talk about this, but I have... Two. That's one of my plays I'm adding. We didn't talk about this at all, but yeah. that is one. I'm but it's also partially I'm adding because I think the total's gone up like five points since we last talked about it, and I was like, "There's no way it should have gone up that much since since two days ago." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would that would have been a, a lot of movement in in two days. Let me let me see here. This is you know this is this is great for for the show. Let's just you know, just play around here and see what we can come. Yeah, up it was with. six. It was sixty and a half, and now it's sixty sixty five. Yeah, that yeah, wow, that is. And that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was leaning under at sixty and a half. We talked about it on the yeah. show, and I was kind of like, but I just wasn't quite. But yeah. sixty-five, it's like you got to go yeah. under. I mean, that's yeah. just way, that's yeah. just way too high. Yeah, yeah. All right, so two units uh, on the under sixty-five there for me, and then the the last game. I just want to mention it. Not making an additional play right now, um, but Jalen Daniels may or may not be out for the rest of the season with a separated shoulder. Seemingly know. out for Oklahoma, and Gabriel seemingly back in for Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but the thing is, is that Dylan Gabriel will not help Oklahoma's defense, and, and so to me, I am not quite sure what difference will what will difference he help makes. Will he help their defense in that if they score, it keeps their defense off the field? Uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I could. Didn't matter against Kansas State. Didn't matter yeah. against TCU for the first quarter. Yeah. So, so you know, maybe it makes a small difference. Um, Took the seven points with Kansas earlier uh, in the last show. It's up to nine. If it gets to 10, I, I would double down at, at 10. I, I would want to get to that number. Honestly, I like it at nine. I like it at eight. I like it at seven and a half. Uh, again, I, I don't think Gabriel coming back for me changes the complexion of this game too much. Um, but yeah, if this gets all the way to 10, that's just complete overreaction in my opinion. So if this gets to 10, I'm going to add another unit there. If it just kind of stays in this area, you know, I'll wait and see and maybe add another unit before uh, they kick off on Saturday. But yeah, if this gets a 10, that's just an overreaction. We kind of talked about this earlier a little bit on show here, talking about the Texas game. OU is so bad. I I think, uh, I think it was Bill Connolly wrote up an article about this, about how many points they've not covered three weeks in a row by. And it's like 100 mm. points in three games. Mm. They've missed the cover by 100 points. Mm. It's historically bad, and uh, only half of that time was without Gabriel, more or less. The other half was still with him, and um, they were well on their way to getting thumped by TCU before he got hurt. And I I think there's a real chance that we just have to throw everything out with Oklahoma and just say it ain't happening, and uh, maybe they come back. Their schedule, we kind of talked about this, right? The schedule sets up for them to – win a bunch of games because they're more difficult games are at home and they're easier games, easier teams are on the road, but it also sets out for them to lose out because yeah, they or sorry. They're easier games are. Yeah. They, they could, they could lose those easier teams on the road. Um, and then the, the good teams can come in there and beat them. So 
Yep. I don't know what to make of them. I just think I'm at a point where I'm just like, it doesn't even matter how many points, just take points against Oklahoma because take a flyer on the money line because it, there's a there's a real chance this team is just going to completely implode. Yep. Slash they've already imploded in front of us and Gabriel is not going to be a savior yep. uh, for all of the issues that that team has, shockingly, surprisingly. <laughs> In any other, any other answer for you? Nope, that, that, that's, that's it. All right. Uh, I, too, am adding the under 52 and a half with Penn State, Michigan. Yeah, we both talked about that. We both were you know, speaking about that on show that 52 is kind of the, the number there under 52 and a half is good. Uh, I'm going to grab the under 46 in Miami of Ohio Bowling Green. That was at 47 before. I said I was in the rush. I was hoping it to get to 48. It's clearly going the other direction. I want to get that before it gets to under 45. So under 46, I think it's a good play. Uh, we already talked about it. I'm going to add the under 65 to Southern Cal and Utah. Um, at 60 and a half, it was a question mark, you know, 61, 62, 60, you know, starts going up. And at yeah. some point you just cannot pass it up. Yeah. Um, I already established on that show. I think Utah's going to win that game. I think they do it by, you know, a weird, you know, 23 to, you know, 16 type game or something like that. Right. Um, and then the last one I'm going to add is, uh, I talked about it on the first show is the Washington state Oregon state is still hanging at 52 and a half. That's a key number. I want to get that under 52 mm-hmm. and a half. I looked into that further and uh, I just think there is too much evidence that both of these teams have good enough defenses. Both these teams would prefer to play a little bit of a slower game. And when you put them together, I think there's a synergistic effect with that. And so I think 52 and a half is just too many points. I was kind of hesitant on um, the first episode with the same number, but the more I look at it, I just, think this is more a game that's played in the 30s or the 40s instead of the 50s mm-hmm. so i'm going to lock in the under 52 and a half in washington state and oregon state as my last added play uh cousin jared any parting words for us i i, I don't think so it's a great time of year though with baseball playoffs going and college football going it's kind of our dream i i think except you know if college basketball here jake would appreciate that if college basketball yeah. would but it's yeah. it's still a fun time it's, it's a dream for those of us who like baseball more than college basketball. And if you like college basketball more than baseball, just wait, your time is coming, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you get into all the sports betting content we've right on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back later in the week, as always, with more sports betting content. Remember, you can eat your betting money. Please don't bet you're eating money.